Oh man, it's a good one today. So if you guys have been on the narrative lectionary train here on week five, going through the Bible, and we're already in Exodus 19 and 20, so that's kind of off the chain. And uh, yeah, so I hope you're excited. It's one of my favorite passages. Um, I'm going to get rid of this because too loud without it. Um, so, by the way, uh, I don't know that um, if you missed a couple weeks ago, um, that particular Sunday, uh, Ryan was asking me earlier why we have the train of, of people up here. Uh, as of like a month ago, this is how many people we had given clean water to uh, through charity water this year so far, right? Uh, and so, probably a few more than that now, but I think that was like 93 years. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's exciting. So we'll have to make more paper people um, and representative of real people. But um, yeah, good stuff. So uh, I, I think I might have to do like a preach warning today. And it, it's really not my fault, but I just feel the spirit wiggling this morning. And uh, anyway, who's ever been on a, on a road trip before uh, as a child? Or with children, <laughs> because essentially, at some point, you were either with a child or uh, were a child, and you're on a road trip with your parents. You know what I'm talking about? And it's just like the barrage of questions, right? And it's just like, and then, then there's the classic question of, "Are we there yet?" Are we there yet? Right? Which is so true. Like you think it's like a thing until your kid just comes out with it, and you're like, "No, it's like pre-programmed." and children for road trips. And uh, anyway, and because we live in such close proximity, uh, like whenever we just go to like my parents' house like an hour away, like and a story's like dying. She's like, we must be going to the beach. You know, <laughs> it's just so far away. Uh, you know, sometimes we have to like, we went to like Bobby's Dairy Dip in West End. And she was like, are we there yet? You know, and uh, anyway, the backlashes of living locally, I, I guess. But uh, Anyway, so by the time you get uh, in Exodus 19, right, God has been in this, like, really uh, epic road trip um, with uh, Israel, right? They're, like, on their way to Myrtle Beach, and the, the kids are in the backseat, and they're like, we're hungry, you know, and, and we're thirsty. And, and my favorite is, did you bring us out here to die? Right? Uh, which all children do at some point ask from the backseat, you know, which sometimes you're like, yes, you know, uh, yes, we did. Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, you just get sort of this, this buildup as you go through Exodus uh, until finally, um, right, you get to Exodus chapter 19. Uh, right, and uh, God sort of like is pulling over the car would come to Mount Sinai. And uh, in Mount Sinai, if you don't know anything about Mount Sinai, it's just, it's off the chain, really, okay. So I wanted to, and this is not your handout, uh, but if you have a Bible, it's in Exodus 19. It's between these two pericopes. And, uh, and, it's, uh, and it starts at verse 12, and then we'll skip to 16, and we'll just listen to a little bit uh, of some of these adjectives and adverbs about Mount Sinai. Uh, God says, you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, be careful not to go up to the mountain or touch the edge of it. Anyone who touch, uh, touches the mountain shall be put to death. Uh, verse 16, 
On the morning of the third day, there was a thunder and lightning as well as a thick cloud and a blast of a trumpet so loud that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. And now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. And the smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln while the whole mountain shook violently. And as the blast of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses would speak and God would answer him in thunder. What? Right? Mount Sinai is just crazy, y'all. I mean, just uh, uh, go check it out if you ever visit the Holy Land. Which is actually hard to do because there's three different ones and there's speculation about which one is Mount Sinai. But, you know, you'll, you know, one out of three, you'll probably get it. But, um, you know, so Mount Sinai, that's just kind of a good time waiting to happen, right? Uh, so there's a lot going on there. So let me back up a little bit. Um, uh, the central question, right, uh, for the Old Testament is, is how do we live in the presence of a holy God? A God who is, who is holy, who speaks and there's thunder, right? Who, if, we, if we touch the mountain, we die, right? What does it mean to live in the presence of a holy God? And in our, our entire Old Testament, we're trying to answer this question, right? And which uh, also is a, is a central question for us even today. Still, right? Uh, see, before, uh, there were all these serious warnings again against getting too close to the mountain, right? Uh, then there were these warnings uh, later about getting too close to the Ark of the Covenant, right? Don't touch the Ark of the Covenant, right? Uh, like, you know, drop dead right in the river, right? It happened. Uh, and then there were, then, then it was like the Holy of Holies, right? Well, you, you can't just go in the Holy of Holies, right? And, and if you're the person who, if you're the designated survivor that has to go in, right, we're going to tie a chain around your leg so that if you die in there, we can drag your body back out, right, just in case, because ain't going in there. Yeah. So there's just all of this sort of like, uh, this holy ground that, that we're not really supposed to approach, uh, right? And then it just seems like the entire Pentateuch is filled with all these laws. It's just extra stuff, right, uh, about what it means to live in the presence of a holy God. Uh, now, uh, you know, since Jesus, we've gotten a little bit on the buddy system, uh, you know, and uh, we, we like to, you know, God has become a little bit more of our, our buddy, right? Because, I mean, it's scriptural, right? The veil was torn, all that stuff happened, right? Uh, and so what's really raises an interesting question now, uh, I, I, I think the thing is this morning, I think part of the deal I think we, we have to catch is that uh, what does it mean this morning that, that God hasn't changed? That, that God is still the God of Mount Sinai. Yet, what does it mean that, that we're actually just invited to the table this morning? Like, we get to sit down with this God. We get to come closer, right? We, you know, it's it's easy like to get a little lost in the humanity of Christ, uh, and and miss also the the Christ of Christ, right? Fully God, fully man. What does it mean that God is still holy, but yet we're just invited in this morning? Uh, so let that marinate. Uh, so um, we're. Uh, 
move along in the text. Uh, so, which, which also, it makes me think, don't be too hard on a generation of people who felt that to go to go to church, right, that you had to wear like a suit and tie and, and you had to be really fancy and all this stuff, right? Because that was a generation of people who were still just trying to kind of figure out the answer to the question, right? What does it mean that we worship and we gather in the presence of a holy God, right? And we're just still kind of trying to figure this whole thing out. So uh, Exodus uh, 19, uh, we'll continue on. Verse whatever, it's in your hand now. Uh, then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Jacob, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, right there in covenant, then out of all nations... You will be my treasured possession. And although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So uh, you get you get just grumble, 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 right, in the desert, right? God's like, they're on the journey, you know, grumble, grumble, grumble. Uh, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, we're going to die, we're going to die. Like, God just, you just imagine, if it were me, if I were, like, I would just be boiling. Yeah, no, I would just be like, we're pulling this car over, right? And, and he does. Uh, we, we stop him out Sinai, and he looks in the back seat, and he says, You are my treasured possession. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. So, you know, it, it's totally illogical, right? And, 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 I, and, I, and I love this moment. Uh, you know, and if, and if, and if you're a parent, uh, you, maybe, you know, you, you get a little gl- glimpse into some deeper things, I think, in the Bible. But, uh, you know, the, the love of a parent is an amazing thing. Uh, but how much more the, the love of, of God for his people, right? You're my treasured possession, uh, right? Isn't it, isn't it good to know that, that no matter how much we grumble, like, God doesn't kick us out of the car? You know, like, uh, you're staying here on the side of the road, you know. I'm going to Canaan. You know, good luck, you know. Uh, and so, well, and there are some ambiguous parts in the Old Testament, but... Uh, <laughs> for another day, I suppose. God says, out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. So the term is actually uh, like cedula, right? And it literally means, so if you were to get your portion from your parents, your inheritance, that's your cedula. Like, God says, you are my portion. You are my inheritance. You are my treasured possession. You are mine, God says. Right? Did you know this morning that, that we are God's treasured possession? We are God's inheritance. Stop me. Although, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, he says, and a holy nation. So what this means, right, and it's really important for us to, to know contextually what this means to be a kingdom of priests. That means there are two main roles here, that we're going to be a, a, a blessing, this is what they do, a kingdom of priests, you're a blessing, and you're a means of intercession, right? That your two primary uh, roles, right, as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation is to be a means of blessing and to be a means of intercession. God says, though the whole earth is mine, you are my portion, and you are going to be my means of blessing and intercession for the, the whole world, right? Uh, what does it mean this morning? 
that the, the church might be a means of blessing and intercession for the whole world, right? Is that what you're seeing uh, in the world right now? You know, know, any, know anyone who could use some, some blessing and some intercession? Uh, know anyone who could use some intercession? Right? Uh, something to marinate on. Uh, so, just like Emily preached a couple weeks ago, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, the name of your message, because all I can remember is pretty blessed. And <laughs> and, uh, and that was that was that was it nailed it. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of Christian. I'm gonna call them false prophets today. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That uh, that 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 try to make us to believe that that what it means to be Christian is that we are the ones that are supposed to receive all the blessing, right? That that's that what we get the we get the privileged uh, seats in the house, right? Uh, we get the personal blessings, right? This is what happens after you stop reading after the uh, treasure possession part, right? Don't go any further. Uh, but so, in fact, this whole thing sounds eerily familiar to like week two of this narrative lectionary where God pulls aside Abram and says, right, you, uh, I'm going to bless you and you're going to bless the whole world, right? It's this covenant that's continued on, right, the, through Abram, a blessing to the whole world. And so Emily said it uh, so well that, that we, are, we are pre-blessed to be a blessing. Look at somebody this morning and say, pre-blessed. 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 So, yeah, we are pre-blessed to be a blessing. So uh, what, what does it mean this morning that we are pre-blessed to be a blessing, that we are God's uh, inheritance, his portion, to be a, a means of intercession and, and blessing, literally, with our hands and our feet into the whole world, right? Uh, the world needs the church to, to stretch out its hands. We, we gather here on Sunday mornings um, and across the world, right? And, and we come in and we, we, we throw our hands in worship and we, we cup our hands and, and we come and we receive the body and we receive the blood, right? And we, we extend our fingers and we receive the, the blessing, right? But what we must, we must also do is now go out and extend this same body and this same blood. We must go out and extend the same blessing with these same hands into this world, right? Uh, because these blessings, this body, this blood, this is, this is to be poured out, this is to be given, this is not our own. This is Christ's gift to the world, right? And so uh, this is not for us to just come in here and keep Right, but it's for us to now that we've now we've taken it, right? Now we must go out and now offer it, right? That's what it means uh, to be a kingdom of priests, right? So moving on, Exodus twenty. Uh, so God gives people right a gift. Uh, I'm gonna call it a gift. Uh, some tablets, if you will. Uh, by the way, did you guys know? I don't know if you might know this or not. That Moses uh, was actually the first person to download files from the cloud onto a tablet. That's <laughs> uh, true. And uh, it's in the Bible. Um, I'm telling you guys, Sinai was off the chain, okay? It was just, I don't want to just unpack it, but. Uh, so in Exodus 20, uh, we, get, we get the Decalogue, okay? Uh, some people call it the Ten Commandments. Uh, the term commandments is not in there. Uh, we call it the Decalogue, which just literally means the ten words, right? Uh, the ten words. Um, so who here can tell me what the ten words are real quick? Oh. No. 
Oh, today's got my mark down. There's a song? Why not even get the song? No pressure. You got it all down there. Come on. I'm not getting the microphone.
uh, right? I, I need this and this is a gift, right? But if you've never been delivered from a great bondage, right? Uh, these words are they're something else. They feel they feel like they're constricting your your freedom, right? Uh, for a people who had just come out of a place like Egypt, right? Who have just come out of slavery, right? These words, oh, these words, they're not only uh, this amazing gift, but uh, but these ten words are like are about God's portion in the world, showing the world a new way to order the world, right? Uh, because this is like revolutionary. This is not just like everyone knew this stuff, right? This was like, oh, you can you can reorient the world now. Like things can look different, right? You've been liberated from your oppression. Now go out and help others be liberated from their oppression, right? Uh, because that's what these words were about, right? The Ten Commandments are revolutionary words about liberation from captivity in a place that had lots of lies and uh, murder, right? And no rest and many gods called Egypt. Did you catch that? Let, let's repeat it just for fun. The Ten Commandments are revolutionary words of, about liberation from captivity in a place that had uh, many lies and, and murder and, and, and no rest and many gods called America? <laughs> Number one, have no other gods before me. In my presence, literally, anywhere. Number two, okay? you just start at the top and everything else just sort of builds. Number two, have no graven images. We never use the word graven anymore. <laughs> I mean, can I get a t-shirt? Uh, have no graven, no idols. Anything you try to contain God in, right? It's graven image, right? This can be your theology. This can be your religion. Uh, this can be anything you try to put God in a container, right? Uh, graven image. Uh, because the name of our God is... Yahweh, I will be whoever I will be, right? Number three, don't misuse the name of the Lord your God, uh, which is one of my faves, right? Uh, because it's mostly about swearing, right? Uh, you know, just, uh, it's, uh, and, and if you guys were raised anything like me, you know, and it's like the moment, you know, you guys ever watch, sorry, stream of consciousness here, consciousness, um, Everyone watch uh, Jimmy Fallon? And I love on Friday nights when he does the thank you notes. You guys ever watch that? I love the thank you notes. I just imagine Jimmy Fallon like, thank you, Sunday school teachers, for helping us have the best good swear words. I just see it in my head like, gosh, and dang it, and you know... Bad dumb, you know, and uh, they get better the different accents you have, you know, like, holy, you know, son of a biscuit, uh, you know, oh my goodness, you know, and because uh, that's what that's about. Anyone have any good ones? I just want to throw out there. I do. I do. Thank you. So we say, oh my God, all the time, and now our child does, and so mm. we're trying to correct <laughs> And so we're like, 
Don't say, oh my God. And he goes, how about, oh my fairy godmother? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fairy godmother. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's what that means, right? See, the radical thing about this whole dealio is that there is a covenant between the divine and the human, right? That there is, there is, a, there is a partnership, there's a covenant. Uh, and I'm, I'm really tempted to just go into like contextual what is a covenant, but I'm not. Sorry, too long. But there, there, is, there is this partnership, this marriage happening between the divine and humanity, right? Which is radical, right? That the divine and the human come together and people are actually, people are invited to carry the name of God. Right? This is this is huge, right? There's this holy union and we are called to call to carry the name of God. We are called to carry these divine attributes of love and justice and fairness and order, right? And central to, to all this is the belief that, that human beings, okay, are can actually show you what God is like. Okay? This this stuff is off the chain. God as holy as He is does something so vulnerable by letting us carry her name. And uh, and you have to think, too. If you go back to the original you know, thing we are talking about, right? Uh, if, if we were really invited further into the table, right? Oh, man. How much more today are we empowered maybe to hear the name of God? Uh, are, are we at the table than the Israelites who, man, they couldn't even touch the mountain. Right? It's something to think about. Uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, Supreme Court talk happening lately, uh, and you got to talk about it. Yeah, know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Uh, and uh, anyway, man, and people are crying. People are celebrating. There's just there's just stuff going on. Uh, the Supreme Court, right? It's the highest court in our governmental structure. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, talk about power, uh, right? It is representative of a system of an empire that literally millions upon millions of people put their trust in, right? I've placed my trust in this system. I've placed my trust in this court, right? That's what this, this court, this is what this thing is about, right? Who are we going to put our trust in? Uh, right. Interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, this this courtroom building uh, on the outside and on the inside, there's all this uh, there's all this work of art, and it's kind of really cool. And uh, on the uh, on the outside and on the inside, in the inner courtroom, there are these upper friezes. Right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, the the frieze. And uh, so, if you've ever been to the uh, Parthenon downtown, you notice that band of sculpture. Uh, that's up at the top, that's a freeze, right? right. And uh, so in the courtroom, uh, in the Supreme Court, there's this upper freeze, and they have uh, these sculpted images of all these people throughout history that they've declared have brought law and order and justice and, uh, and this stuff as well. And among those people uh, is, is our, uh, our sacred figure, Moses, <laughs> that they determined on there, and, and I actually put a little picture of uh, part of the upper freeze in your handout uh, that, that you can see 
there. Uh, Moses made the list. I'm sure he's like super excited up in heaven right now. But, <laughs> he's on the upper freeze of the Supreme Court building. Uh, you know, but if you look really close, right, he is holding the holy tablets themselves. Uh, but if you look really close, it's like, uh-oh, right? Moses is actually only holding laws 6 through 10, <laughs> which, uh, which, you know, uh, which seems to me, uh, in hindsight now, they might have been better off just leaving those out. But, uh, sorry. But, um, you know, it's kind of convenient altogether anyway, isn't it? Uh, because the moment we say that the divine order is completely in this space, well, graven image, right? This is what we've done. Uh, so Kevin last week talked uh, about trust and what it means to trust and to put our trust in. Uh, you see, the moment our trust is totally in this process, the moment our trust as the people of God is in this courtroom and this other thing over here, whatever that is, right, to embody justice, uh, we've missed it, right? It's, it's already over. Whoever it is uh, that's in there, uh, whatever is happening in there, uh, if, if this is what we're putting our trust in, uh, well, we're already kind of missing it, right? Um, in the midst of such an emotional and political roller coaster uh, right now, where, where are you this morning? Yeah. Where, where are we? Where are we as the church? Where are we as the people of God uh, in this whole thing? Uh, where are we? Uh, the difference uh, for us this morning, uh, I'm wrapping up here. I'm going to lay in this plane. Maybe. Or we're going to jump out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be down for either. Um, but... Um, the difference for us this morning and the people in this text uh, is that generally we are not a people in bondage. We are not a people coming out of a great slavery bondage thing. That's for very few long. Um, at least in traditional ways. So key for us understanding our place in this this morning is that we remember and that we recognize and that, that, we, that we realize uh, this morning uh, that, that we ourselves are also in bondage, right? That we haven't hyper-spiritualized this thing, but that we realize the ways in which we are also in bondage to the powers, right? By, by the graven images that we worship, by the other gods that we sort of carry in uh, with ourselves, right? the ways in which we misuse the name of the Lord. The ways that we don't find ourselves Sabbathing and taking rest, but find our worth in our work. The ways in which we don't allow our elderly to Sabbath and rest. The ways in which we hate, the ways in which we lust, the ways in which we take the things that are not ours to take. The way that we aren't honest in our words, in our actions, whether that's in our relationships or on our social media, right? The ways in which we constantly find ourselves coveting the life of the other, right? We're kidding ourselves if we don't think that we also live in Egypt. Are you with me? Well, we're kidding ourselves if we don't also realize uh, that there is Egypt, right? That the courtrooms uh, of Egypt this morning, though, are not the courtrooms of our God. Are you with me? That there's, there's good news, right? The courtrooms of Egypt this morning 
uh, are not the courtrooms of our God. Are you with me? See, but the danger uh, for you and for me today is that our captivity becomes so subtle. becomes so subtle that what we don't realize is really happening to us. It's called assimilation. Oh, we're, there's captivity to be found. But it's different. It's a different kind. And so at some point, maybe you're no longer living in this covenant anymore, right? Because you're, you're, you're no longer this means of blessing and intercession anymore, right? Uh, you've just sort of assimilated with the Egyptian way of life, right? If you trust that Egypt is going to save you. May we be a people this morning, not defined by the order of the world, but may we be a people who can proclaim a new world order, right? Uh, something new, right? That we are defined by the image of Christ who shows us the way out of bondage, who has parted the waters and provided this pathway into this new kingdom, this new way to live and this new place to stand. It is for my hope for us this morning as the church that we go out to bless the world and to go out and intercede for the world. And this morning, I like to imagine that if we as the church had, had, a, had an upper freeze uh, on it this morning, uh, that it would look a lot more like the 93 people that we're giving clean water to right now that it would look a lot more like those who need food, those who need a friend, those who need the hands and feet of God to come offer them something that we have this morning. So our, our hope this morning isn't in Egypt, but it's in the one who rescues us and does save us and who hears the cries of the oppressed this morning. This morning as we are on this holy road trip with God, May we be a people who carries the holy name of this God. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your kingdom and for your word. Your kingdom that continues to break in. Your kingdom that continues to advance. And sometimes the things that happen in Egypt really make us feel like this kingdom is not advancing. Oh, Lord, but it is. And so we give you thanks. Help us to receive your words, not as restrictions, but as freedom. That, that these words are an outpouring of our spirit in who we are and who you've called us to be in the world. Uh, that we may offer uh, blessing and intercession in this world, God. And that we may see your kingdom come. Uh, so we give you thanks this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.